You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. And a very warm welcome back to Solidarity Breakfast. A left response to the major developments in capitalism. What they trade in is not wheat. They trade in famine. A little dose of revolutionary optimism. I think it's really important to sort of express solidarity globally. It really is a deal by corporations for corporations. The union forever defending our rights down with the black If you think the ABC's left wing, don't listen to this program. Solidarity Breakfast, 7.30 to 9am Saturdays, 3CR, 8.55am streaming and 3CR digital, podcast or audio on demand. And of course, the website, solidaritybreakfast.org.au. Solidarity forever! Good morning, everybody. Annie here for Solidarity Breakfast, 3CR's Saturday breakfast show and uh, your opportunity to take a little bit of politics with your Wheaties. A lovely day outside. I hope you've enjoyed the extended holidays if you're one of the people who have received holidays, but there are plenty of people out there who are actually still just chugging along doing their normal shtick because if they're on casual Wages, then a holiday means nothing except more poverty. Uh, today, we're going to go to uh, the ceremony that happened before the rally to abolish the monarchy. If you had been listening to 3CR on Thursday, you would have been able to put your ear to the what happened during uh, the rally to abolish the monarchy. Uh and you will be able to get, uh, I'm sure, uh, the audio if you can, and you'd be able to catch up on that if you didn't actually, if you weren't there or if you weren't able to listen in. But uh, before the um, the rally, there was actually a uh, ceremony for uh, a smoking ceremony, a, a day of healing, and. Uh, Uh, I collected some stuff from that and I thought that uh, you might be interested because it was extremely emotional and uh, extraordinary. Uh, One of the things that happened was that uh, uh, some Maori people came and did proper uh, ceremony uh, and uh, did a haka and it was uh, extremely um, uh, interesting to see uh, the two communities Joined together, uh, the world of the uh, indigenous peoples is rising up, and hopefully, will help to defend the uh, uh, the uh, earth, which, as we know, is in a troubled space at the moment. Um, we're going to talk to Bren Cameron. Hopefully, he's got he's got a show called "Love Is the Idea." And it's an exploration of love in all its forms. It's part of the Fringe Festival that's uh, coming up, Melbourne Fringe Festival. It's going to be playing October 6th, 7th, 8th and 9th at uh, a place called uh, Curate Space, which is in the Causeway, Level 6, 306 Little Collins Street. So uh, the um, location will be as interesting as the play, probably. But anyway, I thought... uh, Exploring um, the strength of love in a, in uh, difficult times is probably not a, a bad thing. We're going to talk to uh, uh, Giatano 
Greco, who's a councillor at Darabin, they've just put out a uh, plan for uh, the Preston market, which would uh, save the integrity of the market as well as allow uh, public space and um, development of uh, flats. Uh, Anyway, we're going to find out more about that. This is the week that was, and we're going to go to the... uh, uh, peace rally that was held uh, last weekend with a, a word from Mark Conroy from Extinction Rebellion and Dave Sweeney from the Australian uh, Conservation Foundation and the uh, Nuclear Fee Free Campaign. You will have heard that uh, uh, with the rumblings about uh, nuclear war in um from Russia, that uh, about five more countries have signed uh, the uh, Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty uh, over the last few days, which is big news. But anyway, we'll finish with a piece from Caution. Uh, This was the last voice that we heard at the uh, Abolish the Monarchy rally, a very sobering piece of uh, um, uh, art from... Caution, a great artist in the making, I'd say. But anyway, you're on Solidarity Breakfast with Annie and uh, we'll uh, start off with an important announcement. Black Spark is an independent, volunteer-run bookshop, gallery, music and community space in Northcote, Nam, dedicated to creativity, learning and liberation. Black Spark is a space for the entire community, free of charge, hosting art, music and literary events. To keep Black Spark free, open and accessible to everybody, we need your help. We are calling for your support for our rent fundraiser to keep our doors open into the coming years. With your support, we can continue to host book and exhibition launches, art auctions, fundraisers, music gigs and facilitate opportunities and growth for emerging artists and grassroots communities. For more information, visit Keep Black Spark Alive on chuffed.com or check out Black Spark on all the socials. Keep Black Spark Alive! A 3CR supporter. We've been living in a time where they've been marketing for spiritual neglect. But I, you, we are here today to wake up the masses that it is time to reconnect, to dissolve the illusion that we were ever separate. Let's not forget our origins, our sole purpose, those who have come before us, and the omens that reveal our mission on this earth. Let us thank thee, let us remember thee, let us sing and dance and love for thee. Let us not forget their legacies, their hearts, their being, their spirit, their essence. Let us not forget that we are interconnected, just like the mycelium that grows beneath the trees, giving it nutrients and in turn the air that we breathe, giving us the life that we so adore. Let us not forget our interrelated connectivity, intergalactic connectivity. Wake us up from this amnesia, for we are earthbound and yet starlit miracles. Our pulse is like the pulse of the earth's inner core, yet why do we ignore this true balance, this true law? L-O-R-E. Let us know it. Let us hear it. Let us feel it. Let our songs be sung to wake the heartbeat of this country. Let us come to an understanding a little more. 
Let us get our priorities straight. Take action, not just contemplate. Think about what makes us collate and collaborate. Weave upon each other in interdependence, in union. A handout and a hug in that our hearts and minds so desire and require in these times of pain and grief and of loss. If we are to remain in a peaceful state, then we must learn to act with love, not with hate, not with haste. They can colonize me, but let them not colonize my heart, our hearts, our minds, our spirit, our ability to grieve, to feel, to wail, to sing, to cry, to rejoice in the good times. No shame, no fear, no shame, no guilt. So feel the momentum, that perpetual flow. Peace, how do we achieve peace? Well, it starts with listening to the whispers of Mother Earth on her breeze. How do we achieve this with ease, love and unity and peace? Well, it's pretty simple. We look at our own needs and that of our children. And then we expand our horizons and sink into another state. Maybe what food they ate on their plate, if any. Put your feet into another's shoes. Don't learn empathy feel empathy, sink into compassion to your deepest levels of sincerity, walk with spirit, speak with integrity. Even rats are pretty intelligent, some say they are filthy, disease ridden, nothing but vermin. But let us remember folks, everything's an inversion. You could say that some rats, that all rats are even vermin or beings just like us, intelligent, who care for the young, even give their life for another. I guess what I'm saying is we've got to look beyond our own vanity, our own understanding of humanistic capitalist mentality. There are sentient creatures all around, but at times we don't value life as humans above our own species. It's like a human superiority. And we know about racism, that, that we know to be a true horror. But our differences need to be celebrated with deep listening, knowing that our blood is sacred and beyond skin deep we all bleed crimson. Our culture and our law says that we are never above, we are never below, but always walking alongside all that we know and all that we don't know. For we are all interrelated and interconnected. One can't be without the other, like the buzzing bee that produces the honey, the microbes in that honey that give our inner stomach the energy and vitality that we so need, a place where our fire burns, where we can source our own creativity to truly live, dance, and sing freely. There is so much intelligence, for we are the stars, we are the earth, we are the water from a time from then to now past, present, and rebirth. So for that, I thank our ancestors. I thank thee, our next generation, these young ones, our future ancients, who are tending to the soil, letting their little hearts expand, not recoil, breaking the cycles of erosion. So let's not poison them any more than we have been. Instead, let us hold them, our children and our own inner child, for it is time to heal. It is time to reconnect. It is time to dissolve the illusion that we were ever separate. Thank you very much. Enjoy the rest of your day and I hope you all find personal healing today. Thank you.
standing here with us in solidarity. One of my uncles just said up the road, um, you know, obviously today there's something going on, just up, just a stone's throw. And there's mourning or celebrations happening and it's quite surreal, you know, it makes me think of, you know, even William Barak and all our ancestors that saw pre and post invasion and then, you know, they're 
Our story here is different. We've had to be diplomatic. We've had to learn the ways of the colonisers here. And, um, you know, we've been doing it non-stop for, you know, 235-something years. <laughs> I've lost count. Um, but, yeah, I think about them and I think about all... all you know, I was reading something last night um, about the dust of the Mindai, which was the smallpox pandemic, um, the introduced disease, which wiped out... There were supposedly three million mob in the country and we were reduced to 500,000. So, yeah, 85% of mob were wiped out through the introduced disease. And then, obviously, from there, we had a lot of genocide. So it just makes me think of that while everyone's celebrating. You know, we just need that education to get out there. We need people to understand and open their hearts to the truth of this place. So when we dance, the Jitty Jitties, we'll be dancing for all of those old people. We'll be dancing for all our ancestors, all your ancestors. Um, we're dancing for country. Country is colonised. You know, we've got logging happening up in the Alpine forest region and all our totems, our spirit protectors, their native habitats being destroyed. We've got our beautiful greater glider possum and lead beater's possum, which are critically endangered. And um, it just feels like there's nothing we can do about it, but we just keep speaking up for country. Country is in pain as well. So, yeah, we'll honour country, the six layers of country through our big nyarga. And I'll invite Mandy up when she's ready. <laughs> I just want everyone to look around you right now and take in, absorb everything absorb how many people are here for the same cause and I wanted to thank every single one of you for coming today and just as a symbol of connection to country how we're all connected to this country this dance that we're going to do is honoring the six layers so the Bikult is the below country where we get the ochre for, for ceremony and dance then we've got the Bikdui which is the on country where we do our ceremonies and dances the Banyabik is water country. Then we've got Murunwapik, the wind country. Wudawudalbik, sky country. And then Darangalpik, Bundrel's home up in the stars. So we're very, like, we're sitting here watching full of adrenaline because the power of people, the power of the cause as well, we're here to celebrate all of those that have passed and we will continue the journey for them. Waranjere, Waranjere, Al Narapo, 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 Waranjere, Waranjere, Al Narapo, 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 Narapo,
Yes, and that was part of the ceremony that they had, a healing ceremony that they had before the rally to abolish the monarchy. Fantastic stuff. Anyway, you're with Annie on Solidarity Breakfast and in the studio we've got a guest. We've got uh, Bren Cameron who has got a... Uh, a performance happening during uh, Melbourne Fringe, Love is the Idea. G'day, Bryn, how are you? I'm really good, honey. Nice to be here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. now tell us, tell us how you got into theatre. Yeah, look, I, I guess I've been um, researching Love on and off for about 20 years now, so that um, shows my age, honey. Um, but look, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed researching Love uh, on and off for 20 years, and I found that even though Love is quite a mainstream issue, um, some of the narrative or the discussion is sometimes quite narrow and it's left to writers to present their theories on love, but sometimes that doesn't actually reach out to the community. So I thought the best thing to do would be Melbourne Fringe, whereby I can present a narrative for the community to embrace love in all of its facets and dimensions. Okay, so, uh, well, that's, that's a big thing. So how did you write the script? What, what is it you've done? Tell me. Yeah, look, I've re- as I said, with researching love, I accumulated probably around 77,000 words, which are largely extracts on the theories of love. And I've structured in such a way that I'm looking at the psychology of love, the sociology of love, history and religion of love, and the philosophical aspects of love. So it, it can seem quite complex in one regard. Um, however, if it's treated in a way that allows a community to understand the language then that directly benefits the community. So I've actually structured the presentation. Uh, I begin with a bit of Plato, a little bit of ancient history, um, and then I do quite a lot on falling in love. And for me, falling in love, it's, there is a lot of literature there, Annie, um, which is lovely. Uh, however, I don't think it's been given the credit it's actually due. And as, as the uh, listeners and yourself would know, uh, falling in love is a precursor to love. And it can take a while for the transition, if you like, from falling in love actually to being in love, or some might say true love or genuine love. So uh, it's the uh, social construct of love, cultural construct of love. And absolutely, yes, yes. That's um, something the North called Alberoni touched upon, the uh, cultural um, uh, product, if you like, of, of love itself. So that would be what I would say a large narrative. So that over sort of overarches in a social sense how we're educated and taught to behave and, and appreciate love. So with my particular work, Annie, I'm looking at mostly theories and foundations and concepts and ideas of love because I believe that's where the foundations are. You know, that's where the goodness is. And those theories stand tall. However, when they move on to the sort of practical elements of love, that's when things can arguably get a little bit tricky sometimes because as being human beings we can treat love in various ways which is good and bad or appropriate and inappropriate so for me I found that the benefit for me with the theories of love was that they stand very tall you know they're foundations Um, and the authors that have written on love over many many decades and a couple of hundred years is that they know the importance of the theories However, still some psychologists, for example, will talk about practical behaviours that are involved in relationships like intimacy, you know, emotional reciprocation. Um, so for me, I take a step back. I do appreciate the practical parts, but as I said before, sometimes the theories to me are much more stronger. So why do you think it's... Why, why does it captivate you? Why, why have you done this? Yeah, I, I think that um, personally, Annie, I've been in love twice in my life. Which is, which is a beautiful experience. 
I um, fell in love with Natasha when I was 17, and she was 16. We were both working at Kmart in Baronia. And the falling in love there was, was absolutely superb. Um, it took probably about six or seven weeks to drift from falling in love to being in love. When I was around 22, I met my previous wife, um, and again, we fell in love for probably maybe a month or two and then established love. So I was always intrigued personally about how love affects the individual. And what I mean by that, Annie, is that, for example, if you're an um, athlete and you train four or five hours a day running, walking, cycling, swimming, you'll find that has a physiological effect upon you and, a, and, a gen, and a, quite a genuine physical outcome. You'll be fitter, you'll be stronger, you know, your muscle tone will be really good. So for me, in one regard, amongst other regards, I was curious to see how I would actually be affected by studying love in, in such a strong fashion. And I think it's made me a lot more softer as a person. It's made me more emotional as a person. And I didn't know that was the case, honey, before actually reaching into or indulging in love to see how it actually affect me physiologically. I mean, physically, it, it, it makes me feel quite warm and fuzzy, if you like. I mean, in a general sense. But in a um, kind of like a sort of borderline intellectual way, it, it, I think it actually works well with me. You know, it makes me feel confident. So with the performance, um, it, 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 well, people buy a ticket, they go along. Uh, it's a, is it a small space? It's a, it's a great question, Annie. Capacity is 80 um, and it's over four nights, October 6th, 7th, 8th and 9th. And as my brochure says, we've got an Auslan interpreter on Friday the 7th of October. So I've reached out to the uh, community with um, those with hearing impairments and I'm strongly encouraging them to come along because not, long of, not a lot of arts performances, as you might know, Annie, um, don't have Auslan access, you know, and that makes it tricky for the for that particular community to have access. So um, tickets are 18, uh, general tickets, $10 concession. And yeah, I, I, I mean, there's 80 capacity. Um, I think we'll probably get close. So you'll stand in the front there and perform? Absolutely, Annie, yeah. I'll be tell, to, tell me about yeah. this. It's a, it's a good space. It's called Curate Space mm-hmm. um, in Causeway Lane, just off Burke Street and the CBD. Mm-hmm. It's quite a good layout. Very oh, pro- that's right in the – I know where Causeway is. Yeah. yeah it, it's a really good professional layout there. You know, they've got a good stage, good lighting, good microphone, uh, good music. Like you've got um, backup, so pre-show music and post-show music. So when the people come in, it's more likely I'll um, introduce myself upon people coming through. Um, kicks off at 7 o'clock till about 7.40. I'll have a um, three or four minute break halfway through just to ha- allow people to kind of, um, you know, sort of relax or sort of take a, a step back. And, and then I'll invite questions and comments uh, halfway through. Mm. So, so basically, you're dipping into some of your research. Absolutely, Annie. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, um, I, I, I mean, I just can't. It wouldn't be, how do I say it? Well, the best way that I've found in terms of uh, writing a, a presentation on love is to use extracts because they're important. You know, they substantiate what, I've, what my personal views are. So I'm, I mix it up a little bit, you know. I mean, I just don't throw out a whole bombardment of, uh, of, of extracts from so-called academics. I, um, I, I talk my own language, you know, and I embrace my own language for the community and... Um, but that's important because if you just write a whole piece for, you know, maybe 8,000 words and 7,000 words of academic extracts, then it's not fair for the community and myself to get up on, on stage and perform a show where those um, elements um, haven't been worked out in relation to what's best for the community. So so where do you fall? I mean, they, they talk about love being 
uh, the what turn uh, keeps the world going around. Uh, there's endless amounts of um, pop songs that are incredibly influential for young minds who feel that they should be maybe heterosexually normal. Um, nobody loves me, that sort of thing. If you're not loved, then you're not um, uh, important, that sort of stuff. I mean, t- where do you fall in all this? Yeah, look, I, I think to me the uh, love, and I, I have to stress romantic love, it's a good point that you make. Are made. you talking about romantic love? Yeah, I mean, generally the piece is about a, a romantic love. Yeah, well, that was important to yeah. establish. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Annie. And, yeah. But, I mean, I only refer to romantic love. I mean, the most of the work that I've done is on love, which is romantic love. Um, but as the, as the listeners would know, and you would know, that there are a whole range of ob- objects of love. And I've found that through my research that uh, those in their 20s, for example, will have I- ideals or ideas about what love is, and they'll be seeking to have that reciprocated with someone at some stage. And it's important for <coughs> gender, sex, and sexuality to have a voice in this particular di- uh, dialogue because the minority groups need to be heard, you know, and, and they can't sit back in silence. They need to hear the literature. They need to embrace the literature. So I, I guess I've found that just through personal experience but also through some literature that once an individual reaches, say, 30-plus, some of the ideas of romantic love might drift away a little bit. But in the late teens and the mid to the mid to late 20s, some of those ideals on love are quite strong. And that's part of the... I'm probably delving in a little bit of psychological uh, practicalities here, but that would be how do they behave in relation to love? You know, cognitively, how do they comprehend what love is at that particular point in time? And it's very precious when you're in your late teens because there's a sensitivity there around love. And, 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 and it's important not to have other people sort of putting pressure on you on, on when you need to fall in love or when you need to embrace true or, genu- uh, true, true or dre- uh, genuine love. So yeah, it's a good point, Annie. Um, tell me, what are you hoping your uh, audience will get out of this? That's a great question. I've, I've actually written in the presentation that if they can take away maybe three or four extracts, at least three or four extracts, and there's a lot of extracts, um, but if, if, if they feel, like if they're curious about in fact, love... do you yeah. give them something to go away with? Uh, it, well, in, uh, I guess knowledge base, yeah, absolutely, Annie. That's a good point. No flyers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, look, I mean, that's a, that's a lovely point, Annie, because um, I, I, I think that, that if you're curious about love, this will be the show to come to. Um, it really would. And it's a friendly space. Um, as I said, I've got the Auslan interpreter. The lighting's quite good. Um, as I said, the mic's all ready to go. And if people just walk away thinking a little bit better about themselves, thinking, hey, love might actually be out there for me. Because I know Plato, with his symposium, one of the greatest works on love, um, he talks about the, the breakup of an individual. Um, I think it was one of the gods or something. You might have to correct me or the listeners correct me if I'm wrong here. But in the end, both of these individuals were split in, um, this one person was split in half and put on one side of the world and the other side of the world. And they were asked to try and find each other to uh, reform and become one again. And that was Plato's theory on love, that there's someone out there that in some regard we're searching for to try and establish that union between two people. Yeah, so uh, Hollywood has been following the Plato, uh, Plato theory for many years. Absolutely, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, yeah. where do people get tickets, Brent? That's a great question. Um, they can go to the melbournefringe.com.au uh, website 
or they can call 9660-9666. And um, as I said, Annie, it's a true privilege to be here today and also it's a pleasure and a privilege to present something I love for the community. Oh, good on you, mate. Excellent. Thanks for coming in. Excellent. Thank you, Annie. Have a beautiful day. I'm Ruby from Fitzroy Primary and you're listening to Community Radio on 3CR. And you're back with Annie on Solidarity Breakfast and uh, we're going on to talk about uh, the Preston Market uh, with uh, Gatiano Greco from the Darabin Council. G'day, how are you? Oh, hi, Annie. How are you? Good morning. Yeah. Uh, good morning to the listeners. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, uh, now you're a councillor and uh, at Darabin and there's been a big fight on for Preston Market because there was a development plan put forward which would have actually squashed its uh, uh, local presence, wouldn't it? Yeah, and it, um, you're spot on. Um, um, yeah, the, you know, the Preston Market saga still continues on and uh, just recently the developers have put forward another reiteration of their um, proposal, which basic, basically just uh, smashes the market, the existing market away, and they want to build, you know, 19-storey apartments and try to, you know, squeeze in 2,200 um, uh, apartments on that uh, over over the existing um, area of the market, you know, do away with the, the market essentially. And they say that they only want to keep about 20% of the market. Uh, but basically, um, the market would exist, uh, will cease to exist as we know it now. Mm. And and so Darabin Council has actually put forward a new uh, alternative proposal which would actually preserve the heritage value of the market and its practical use. Yeah, look, um, I, um, Annie, as you know, I can't speak on behalf of the Darabin Council. I'm just one of the councillors there. But more so, and as you probably know, um, I'm running as a uh, as a candidate in the um, in the state election, and basically on on the uh, on the premise of trying to uh, protect the market. So I could speak in that capacity. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah look, the council is um, putting forward a, a proposal to say, look, you know, we, we could have the best of both worlds. We could keep the existing market, and and there could be um, some development around the market, much more sensitive development, uh, a much more um, um, lower density instead of having 2,200, um, um, you know, dog box type apartments, um, you know, only 1,200 apartments. And, and, but the key thing is that the existing footprint of the market would, uh, would be preserved under the council's proposal. It's interesting that you've decided that you have to take this fight to the state election. Um, there is something uh, di- uh, wrong, isn't there, about the uh, balance between uh, a Victorian planning authority's um, ability to overturn uh, local sentiment in planning? Yeah, look, you're spot on. Eh? I mean, yeah. We've been battling on this thing for the last, I would say, about the last 10 years. And um, the government, the state government, you know, the former Liberal government and the uh, and, and now the, the Labor government, particularly the, the Labor planning minister, uh, they just have not been listening to the community, let alone the developer, you know, doesn't really care about the, uh, about the community and the community sentiment and, and also, um, you know, the, the future of the, uh, of the traders there. There's a lot of uncertainty. The uncertainty does not come from, uh, you know, it really comes from the, the developers and planning intentions. And so as a result of that, because the, uh, they're not listening, the only thing that they will listen to is when it comes to election, uh, is to put the fight up against them and to give the, um, uh, to give the community an alternative, particularly in this state election, which we believe that in the area of Preston and Reservoir, this state election will be about the future of the market. That's why I'm running, and 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 really to um, um, you know to show up the um, the government's uh, bad plans, and and also to um, send a message to the developer 
that they really need to rethink about what they're doing there. It's it, it, it's a public, uh, private, um, uh, uh, cooperation. Uh, these uh, various p- public private. Uh, um, what do they call them? The government. The government's got all this uh, this plan around um, building social housing and what they they're now calling affordable housing and all the rest of it. But it's a smokescreen uh, uh, because it's really at the whim of the developers and the uh, locals within um, various suburbs are being forced into unlivable uh, uh, suburbs, aren't they? It's unlivable. Uh, yeah, look, uh, anyway, I think you're spot on there. Um, in, in terms of you know the whole issue of um, social housing, affordable housing, and uh, public housing, um, they're, they're really, um, you know, it, it's all at the whim, as you said, and it's also also all at the discretion of the um, of the private developers. In the proposal that the that the state government has put through via the VPA. Uh, there are no guarantees about the amount of social or public housing that will be on that site. Um, whilst there are words associated with them, uh, affordable housing and uh, social housing, but there's no lockdown guarantee about um, the, the extent of social housing that will be provided on that site. That's yeah. something that the community is objecting against. And we've had previous experience when we, when council has gone to VK to defend um, affordable housing or social housing, and um, what it has meant is that um, developers have just been able to drive a truck through um, any provision um, in relation to um, affordable or social housing because those provisions are not solid and they do not guarantee um, the um, 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 social housing actually being provided. Yeah, yeah, and it, uh, I, the word I was trying to find was uh, private-public, public-private partnerships, which is another collection of nice words. That's why I couldn't think of it, because it's the same thing as affordable housing, inverted commas, social housing, as opposed to public housing. And like you said, uh, these are uh, everybody agrees that these things need to happen, but it's really just giving a, f- a free ticket for developers to decide anything. Uh, and, uh, and again, maybe it's a bit too early in the morning to be overly uh, uh, political, but you know, uh, private-public um, uh, proposals, that's just another... Um, uh, uh, it's another mechanism out of the, tool book, uh, out of the toolbox of... Um, you know, uh, neoliberalism. You know, that's what it boils down to. And um, and so these notions of, um, you know, we need to go back to the notions of, you know, public housing for what it's good for. And um, we've moved away from that. And we've come up with different notions like, you know, um, affordable housing and all these other different terms. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, the question is, are we delivering real affordable um, shelter and to our community, and um, it doesn't seem that we're, we're doing that. Are you finding that you're getting a lot of support uh, when you are electioneering? Oh, and it's just incredible. Um, look, I, I've been door knocking um, all over the place, you know, for the last, uh, you know, 
just since I announced that I'll be running, and uh, and and the support's been enormous. Like every house that I've drawn on in the area of Preston and Reservoir, everyone knows about what's happening there at Preston Market, and everyone's concerned about what's happening there at Preston Market. Everyone that I've spoken to, and I need to emphasise this, everybody that I've spoken to does not want to see Preston Market go. And they want Preston Market to stay, and uh, and they're all concerned about the overdevelopment that is being proposed by the state government and by the um, by the um, developer in relation to the site. It's really interesting to see that when you look at all the proposals, the the, the proposal of the state government looks a lot like the the proposal from the, uh, the developer. Um, and I'll tell you why they look a lot like the same because they're both proposing that the, that the market, that, 80, that up to 80% of the market be demolished. That's the common thread that runs through the um, state government's proposal and the developer's proposal. So they're both in cahoots about getting rid of um, the people's market. Mm, thanks for talking to us. No, it's a pleasure. Thanks for, for having me. Take care. Yeah. Um, that was uh, Gatiano uh, Greco, who uh, is... Um, running for state parliament based on the uh, prospective uh, demise of a Preston market and, of course, the local issues that are related to uh, overdevelopment and the lack of uh, taking uh, local voices into account. If you want to look at the alternative plan put forward by uh, the Darabin City Council, which will put forward the, you know, maintain the uh, current heritage market and uh, uh, provide new quality public open spaces with uh, apartments as well as office retail space, building heights responsive to the location and pedestrian and cycling connectivity through the site. Now, of course, if this is the plan they're putting forward and the other plan doesn't, you know, the developer's plan doesn't have any of those elements, one has to wonder (laughs) about the livability of a suburb. Um, If you want to have a look at that, then you should go to Darabin's website, Darabin Council's website. Um, You're on Solidarity Breakfast with Annie. Am I gonna die? Am I gonna live? Am I gonna sit on the edge of it? Am I gonna fall? Am I gonna fight? Am I gonna watch from the outside? Sometimes I wake from the deepest sleep Oh, and I feel tomorrow in me Like I don't wanna let the hand of yesterday hold me back But everything I see, everything I watch Makes me wanna hold my ears till it stops Makes me wanna run, makes me wanna hide Makes me wanna set this house alight Oh, but I remember my mother's voice Telling me that every day is a choice For where there's good, there's bad But my child, you always can be the difference Fire. 
said, am I gonna open everything up? Am I gonna let fuel refill my cup? Am I gonna be an anthem singing in the dark? Gonna light up like a burning heart? Am I gonna stand still as a rock? While everything shakes and tumbles off? Am I gonna remember the truth? Cause I wanna be nasty, wanna be brave Not let his fear make me afraid I don't wanna pretend I'm too small to jump the wall I'm just trying to remember her voice Telling me that every day is a choice For where there's good, there's bad And my child, you always can be the difference Community Radio, giving the voice to the community since 1976. A week solidarity Bricky team listener when beginner's luck was highlighted by the Reserve Profits Bank becoming the Reserve Losses Bank as a $44 billion paper loss on its fixed income holdings and a bond buying program to prop up the economy during the pandemic meant it won't be able to pay the government a dividend until at least the 2030s. And how's this highlight beginner's luck? Well, we know the caring business class party and the caring business class it represents and some of its some of True Blue Aussie's filthiest rich of the filthy rich drool at the sight of trillions of industry super funds, workers' money in the hands of workers' organisations. Shame, the last place they should be, on which they outperform the traditional banks and financial institutions whom the aforementioned know should have all that lovely, lovely money. Knowingly outperforming industry funds are clearly simply enjoying the phenomena of beginner's luck. Year after year, year after beginner's luck year, and that thus avoids the most awful thought of all. If it isn't beginner's luck, then would the Reserve Losses Bank be better off, be more likely to return to the Reserve Profits Bank if, dare we say it, workers and not great financial entrepreneurs were on the board? Perish the thought! 
They remind us there was one workers' representative on the board back in the nuclear hawk world's greatest worst treasure of Paul days, but then they tell us it was ACTU Secretary Little Billy killed them, so that's not the same thing. Little Billy, who boasted two weeks ago how he negotiated to make workers worse off, how he opposes the better off overall test because it doesn't make workers worse off, so we're not sure he counts. Current big economic guru Jim Chalmers Capital, as we know, has asked three capitalist economists to report on whether there are too many capitalist economists on the Reserve Losses Bank board. Doesn't that make sense? Then again, putting workers on the board would probably backfire, as they can't help themselves. They have to resort to class envy. As the Caring Business Class Party and Caring Employers continually point out, and they know there are no class differences to be envious of. Yet just this week, the Finance Sector Union is threatening industrial action at the Nab Your Money Bank, rejecting a spectacularly generous 5% pay rise on the selfish argument that it does not keep up with inflation. Ignoring the Reserve Losses Bank Supremo Phil low-pay-for-use patriotic argument that workers must accept wage cuts. And a 5% increase is not a wage cut. Well, not a real wage cut, or not much of one. And here's where the class envy bit comes in. The ungrateful union described the 5% as paltry compared to the Nab Your Money CEO Ross McSpewan on the workers' reasonable 130% pay increase to $5.8 million. Can't the union see the illogic of its argument? Ross is just one person. The wage slave, or sorry, workers are thousands, so their 5% in total would probably exceed Ross's 130% or, or near enough to it. It gets worse. There's these unthankful trainees at Hamburger Chain grilled the workers, which is generous enough to train young people, with the trainees receiving a smaller wage per hour than non-trainee workers, an extraordinarily generous $14.95 an hour before they emerge with their Hamburger Uni qualifications, a one-year apprenticeship, so to speak, with young workers complaining that after two or three years, they're still struggling to survive on the trainee wage and haven't received a certificate and the ingratitude goes deeper they're also complaining that grilled the workers happily accepted 16.6 million real figure in corporate welfare from the previous government to offer such generous conditions which and we find this hard to believe the usual suspects claim was taking advantage of low-paid slower workers and and okay okay two three years and still not qualified but but it's a complicated business it, it takes years to learn how to toss a lump of salt and fat into a sugar-laden bun it, it's an art in the not-so-funny department, allowing for the broken promises by the US of NATO, which form a backdrop to the Russian invasion of Ukraine, the special military operation, as Putin euphemistically describes, war-trained killing, nonetheless we are dealing with a megalomaniac with his back to the wall and threatening nuclear retaliation. Raise this just to iterate the obvious. The only way to avoid a nuclear disaster is to ensure there are no nuclear weapons, that nobody has them. That removes all danger. 
We know that in the privatisation of public assets that turn over a neat little profit, allowing the community to enjoy the benefits of the efficient hand of the private sector and the low, low prices from which we all benefit that are a big selling point, governments take the poor private entrepreneurs to the proverbial cleaners, that the public purse makes massive gains at the expense of the private sector, like poor Treveson Baker the Earth and his partner Brian Fannery the Flames, described as coal investors. Obviously, people deeply concerned about the environment and the frying of the planet. Trev and Brian in 2015 paid the New South Wales government a whopping $1 million for the Vales Point coal-fired power station. Talk about a rip-off, a million dollars, half the cost of your average house in Sydney today. The government laughing all the way to the, the extent of the rip-off revealed two years later when the plant was valued at a mere $722 million, an insignificant $721 million capital gain. Poor Trev, poor Brian. And the massive million the government ripped off the two innocents had pocketed was probably used for important public benefits like corporate welfare subsidies to the coal and fossil industries. And now poor Trev and poor Brian are flogging Vale Point to a cheque company for quote, several hundred million dollars, all of which shows the huge social benefits of privatisation. Another great filthiest rich, the US of global battery entrepreneur Kent Masters, real name, advised us it would be hard for True Blue Aussie to make the leap from mining key ingredients to making batteries for electrical vehicles. You'll be far better off he showed how much he cares for us, by supplying us with the lithium and other ingredients and then buying the batteries off us. See? Caring only for others. Like all great corporations, as there was some fleeting celebration this week as Origin Fossil Polluter announced it was abandoning its Beetaloo Basin fracking proposal, which has been subject to a little bit of opposition from anti-True Blue Aussie environmentalists and Indigenous people, one of whom, Johnny Wilson of the Nerdalingi Native Title Aboriginal Corporation declaring, and how's this for opposing progress, declaring, fracking is not what we want. The government should give us give up backing the industry with taxpayers' money and invest in health, education and clean energy from the sun because that's what will keep our future strong. Hasn't he listened to the gas industry telling us that he is part of clean energy and intends to be part of clean energy for decades? What commendable concern. Why, why there's an ad that refers to renewable gas. And as far as government corporate, corporate welfare, well, Beetaloo Basin is part of the government's gas-led recovery. And a, a struggling energy behemoth like Origin Fossil Energy needed every dollar of the millions it received from the public purse from former big supremo Scuttlebem Morlashson, a.k.a. Scummo's gas-led recovery to explore the basin. We presume it will pay all that back as it flogs the lease, and that's where the fleeting celebrations bit comes in. Origin Fossil has simply flogged it to another caring corporate, Tambaran Resources, which says it has all the support it needs to proceed with fracking the environment, including, it says, support from Indigenous groups. Can't we get things wrong? We could have sworn Johnny Wilson's comments were opposed to the fracking, but no. 
Oh, Tambaran did say it has good relationships with the Northern Territory Socialist Government, which supports the fracking. So for those anti-progress, anti-Trublawasi protesters, the celebrations are fleeting. The fight goes on. Wonder who'll extract the more from government coffers now, the, the local indigenous people or the non-local corporate invader? <laughs> no need to answer that. Speaking of, what luck for the sorry copper and ex-train killer up in the Northern Territory acquitted of murdering a young black man whose inquest is currently being conducted. What luck, but he just happened in the Northern Territory to get an all-white jury. And that his texts were not admitted at trial texts the coroner ruled against his counsel's opposition that they could be made public with the most vile, racist comments imaginable and how he loves bashing and hurting people. They may have made a bit of a difference in the murder trial, even with an all-white jury. Well, well, it's not like there are a lot of Indigenous people in the Northern Territory. Indeed, despite that, the inquest evidence suggests the acquitted coppers' views are endemic in the force. Well, they have such constant contact with them, arresting, locking up, bashing, killing, protecting the community. And as Western Trublawasi continues to lock up young Aboriginal people long after their sentences for minor crimes have been served, because they're deemed to be a threat, jailed for offences arising from poverty, the AFL is celebrating Grand Final Week by revealing yet another report showing the caring treatment Indigenous players receive. And no problems here, no need to worry, because the League keeps telling us it is inclusive and cares for its Indigenous players. I'm sure we'd agree among the most exciting players in the game, and it will go on telling us how much it cares that as report after report and incident after incident recur, it will go on telling us, and I'm sure if we asked our regular football commentator and our expert commentator Michelle to give us her in-depth opinion of all this, she would inform us, uh, very interesting, Kevin making it difficult to comprehend why on a day of national mourning for a nonagenarian in Her Most Gracious Majesty's home country, or His Most Gracious these days, these beneficiaries of colonialism would take to the streets condemning the invaders. What about thank you for bringing us civilization, for contributing so caringly to our environment and ecology, our country, our Mother Earth? Finally, one of the great contributors to caring for the planet, A.G. Hell to the Planet, Trubler was his biggest polluter of the big polluters, has, has again showed its selflessness by telling the government other big polluters must bear more of the burden of not polluting, else it would place an unfair burden on the big energy supply polluters like, well, like A.G. Hell to the Planet. See? Selfless. Yet... Those indigenous ingrates still complain. Good morning. Hi, I'm Ahmed from Fridway Primary School and you're listening to Community Radio on 3CR. And you're with Annie on Solidarity Breakfast and uh, uh, we've got a, a small piece from the uh, uh, peace uh, rally that was held last week. Uh, this one is uh, Dave Sweeney from the ACF, the Australian Conservation Foundation, as and I can, and uh, an anti-nuclear campaigner. And his particular speech was focused on uh, AUKUS. And, uh, of course, that particular rally covered uh, quite a few issues because uh, peace 
does cover a variety of issues, including the uh, release of Julian Assange uh, and uh, the environment. Uh, I was going to play another piece by uh, with a Mark Conroy from Extinction Rebellion, but I don't have enough time, I don't think, because I really want to play at the end of this uh, uh, half hour a piece from Caution, who is this amazing uh, Indigenous uh, performer. And he gave a, uh, some... Um, uh, a performance basically at the end of the Abolish the Monarchy rally on Thursday, which just is a, was a uh, just extraordinary, in fact. Before we do listen to Dave uh, Sweeney, I want to remind you that uh, on Sunday, tomorrow, at 1pm at the Sunshine Plaza, Hampshire, Hampshire Road, Sunshine, very close to the uh, rail station, uh, is a public rally about um, uh, the uh, pollution of the western suburbs, the uh, factory fires and uh, the ongoing fire at the Kial- uh, Kialba uh, tip, which has been going on for a number of years. Um, they want uh, it to be um, established that there will be no more toxic industrial fires. They want protection of waterways. They want uh, something done about the Barrow Tip Fire. They want improved public transport, no to a third runway at uh, Tullamarine and uh, protect and expand green spaces in the west. It's a, it's a rally t- uh, put on by the socialists uh, and community groups uh, calling for a better deal for the West. So that's at 1pm tomorrow, uh, Sunshine Plaza, Hampshire Road, Sunshine. Uh, also uh, heads up on Defend Abortion Rights, Counter Rally Against Bigots, Saturday the 8th of October, 1pm to 3pm, Parliament House, Spring Street. Every year, right-wing bigots like Bernie Finn organise a mass march through Melbourne calling for abortion rights to be wound back. The overturning of Roe versus Wade in the US has given their side a boost. We need to rally to stop them getting a foothold and defend our rights. Come out on Saturday the 8th October to counter the far-right march and their pro-life lies. Defend Abortion Rights, Counter Rally Against Bigots, Saturday the 8th, October 1pm to 3pm, Parliament House, Spring Street, Melbourne. Be there or be square. So here's Dave Sweeney at the Peace Rally from last week. Great to be here today on unceded land of the Kulin Nations. This is a real, we're at a real time of value clash in this country. Like I just sitting there listening to that song and what it sort of encapsulates and what it hopes for. And this morning I saw Richard Miles on Insiders and there is a vast gap. Not a capacity gap, a values gap, a vision gap, a dream gap, a decency gap. We're here to close the gap in every way. We need to recognise in this country that we stand on stolen land and we've benefited from it and we continue to. We need to address that. We need to recognise in this country that we have great privilege in a world of seven and a half billion people under pressure and moving and fear, we have great privilege and we need to step up and share that privilege in our region and in our world. And AUKUS, in its configuration, is the opposite of that. 
I wear a couple of hats and I was invited here today because I wear a couple of hats. One is I was a co-founder of ICANN, the International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons, born here in this city, born here in this city. And the world's best effort, the best mechanism of getting rid of our worst weapons. And that's not an old historical thing. In the last week, nuclear weapons, nuclear war, the threat of has been front page again. It's a threat of it in Ukraine. It's a threat of it in pressure and tension in the Korean Peninsula, in the standoffs in the South China Sea. It's all about nuclear weapons and the escalation and the existential threat, like Mark said. There's two existential threats that are ticking down the clock. One is unchecked climate change and one is the threat of nuclear war. We need to address this. So from the ICANN perspective, AUKUS is elevating nuclear threat and uncertainty Australia is actively using a loophole in the Non-Proliferation Treaty to advance nuclear propulsion, swearing that we're not going to get nuclear weapons, but to advance nuclear propulsion. There's six nations in the world that have nuclear submarines. They're all nuclear weapon states. We would be the one nation that's not a nuclear weapon state at trying to get this technology, advancing this technology, and others are watching. Brazil, Korea, Japan, and many others are watching because... If Australia gets this, they're going to say, we want it too. Now, increasing nuclear threat is not a way to bring security. We are alienating our country and our role and our cachet in the Pacific. We are causing increased tension, increased risk. We are, rather than being bold and creative, we are being belligerent and subservient with this plan. It's a terrible plan. The other thing about this plan is its massive cost. It's 170 billion bucks now. That would grow. Now, what would you do with 170 billion dollars? Would you buy a few nuclear submarines to be deployed 2,000 kilometres off our shore? Or would you address real human needs, which are plenty? For that sort of money, our old people could go out in decency and our young people could have a great start. For that sort of money, we repair this shattered country, which has been ripped off and treated poorly for 250 years. A submarine is no good when places that never burnt are burning. A submarine is no good. You can't evacuate Lismore with a nuclear-powered sub. The challenges of climate change, the challenges of environmental disrepair and disregard, these things could be resolved if we threw some of the money that they're quarantining for war into addressing these things. It's clear and it's simple. We could re make this nation renewable. We could power it on renewable power much quicker than we could bring on nuclear submarines. From the ACF, the Australian Conservation Perspective, we're deeply concerned about transparency. This has been described as the most consequential decision in Australia's military history. It was announced a year ago this month, and like a submarine, the surface broke, and there were three white guys behind their flags, Boris Johnson, Joe Biden, Scott Morrison, two out of three are gone. That's a meatloaf factor. Two out of three ain't bad. Orcas should be gone too. Orcas should be gone too. This surfaced without consent, without consultation, without a rationale. And we've been told, trust us and we'll get back to you in 18 months with the details. Well, no, that's simply not good enough. So we're concerned about transparency and process. We're concerned also about the... Uh, the money aspect, the diversion of skills, talent, dollars to meeting real environmental crises and needs. But we're also really concerned about the fact of these submarines 
as a Trojan horse for a domestic nuclear industry. In 2018, there was a conference in University in New South Wales and the conference papers were published in a book and the book was called Nuclear Power in Australia? Question mark, starting with submarines. Now, there's all this talk and you see these people who are banging the drum for domestic nuclear power like the Minerals Council of Australia and they're all lining up after AUKUS to go in the slipstream of that because once you move something into the dialogue and the debate of defence, once you move it into national security, then you can't ask questions. Then it's bipartisan, the two bigs, Tweedledum and Tweedledummer, get together and say, well, that's national security, that's national defence. Well, it's not. This is something that we have a right to say. If this is the most consequential decision in Australia's history, we are not clients. We are not customers. We are citizens of this country, for good or ill. And we're trying to chart a course, which is not a, war, a course for war or division. It's a course for healing and hope. And we are citizens, and we demand a say. And our say today is clear. We don't support this. There's others who will support it. There's a heap who will go, I don't know. Let's at least have the dialogue about this, not the assumption that a drift to war is good and a drift to war is something we should support. We do not. We do not. It's great to be here today. I wish there were 10,000, 100,000, 250,000. I wish it was the grand final. It's not, but it's really good. It's strong. It's connected. It's colourful. And from here, we build. Someone mentioned earlier about Jabaluka, the Jabaluka mine in Kakadu, which was never going to be a Jabaluka mine, which is now a patch of rehabilitated earth because people from all around Australia stood with people from that country and together stopped it. That was driven from a mining company initially from Melbourne down here on St Kilda Road. We decided to bring Kakadu home. And when we started the start of a weekly vigil and Jerome and others were there, there were four people on a Thursday in the rain in Melbourne saying to if you and it was like my god we're doomed it was despairing in that sense of you're soggy ignored and you feel powerless and then we stuck at it the Mirror people in Kakadu stuck at it we grew this and as the story came out people said that doesn't quite sound right and that's the point we need to get to with AUKUS to grow it to turn it from an order from above into a discussion from our community till people go, that doesn't quite sound right. So Javaluka, the uranium remains in the ground. AUKUS, that idea should also just stop, die. Stop and go. We need to build hope, not division. Thanks very much. G'day, my name is Margie Thorpe. You are listening to 3CR Community Radio, 8.55 on your dial. And you're with Annie on Solidarity Breakfast and we've come to the end of the program. But as I said, I'm going to finish off with uh, the piece from uh, Caution, a performer, a First Nations performer. He was at the end of the uh, Abolish the Monarchy rally, which was a significant rally on Thursday. Thank God someone decided that there needed to be a rally against the monarchy. Oh, my God. For goodness sake, we've been uh, completely soaked in um, this... uh, uh, colonial bullshit 
uh, over the weeks and uh, the age had the temerity to put on its front page the other day that uh, the uh, support for the, for uh, a republic has gone down. I mean, advertising works, talk about um, uh, wall-to-wall propaganda. <laughs> it's unbelievable stuff. Anyway, as I said, uh, we're going to go out with uh, caution. Um, coming up next is Asia Pacific Currents. Uh, and here we go. This country's built off back tape. More than the major cities are paved over black massacred mass graves. The same way, I feel inspired to write a song. They arrived at the reasoning for a genocide that formed. You can set and sign the forms, huh? Read inside the books there. To parliament you turn the corner, see a bunch of crooks there. Sitting in the throne above. Sitting in the throne above. Small resistance overcomes. You want the side of those begrudge and hate to see the size. Can't stand the equal rights. Won't be giving up my life for those who profit off the fight. Plus, my people always let down. They took the flag, swept towns clean. Rather mine the coal and let our steam. Whose country do you stand for? Race, hatred, and war. Two opposing teams collide on chats. Rumors planned or fabricated and more. But still we hate to see the sight, right? Drumming in your hair. What the fuck you think my life like? Hear this every night. Another cousin lost the fight. David Dungay lost his life, so rest in peace. Though not your time. Results of how we came up. Promises we gave up. Realize the savior was your non-existent nature, but you question my behavior. All to prove a point. Few defining moments in life inspired another choice, so I gotta do my best. No status I accrue cause of Judas pursuing threat. No one man in time will design how to move instead. We combine the presenters and movement. And now I hate to see the sight. Figure basically I'm right, but still the fact I'm trying to cast a light could warrant further plight. I'm not easing up, hope the fresher gets applied. Close the lid until it busts like anything that's pressurized. You're contradicting 12 points. Point the finger, more points. I hit the area, that's more points. Big game, score points. Stand alone to walk the road. Hide the anger no one knows. Provoking could connect your nose. Raw point, small boy. Seen it through my mother's eyes. Pregnant at the time of this. He threatening to break some shit. Ripped off the toilet by the hair without the time to take a piss. Always warn me about the whites. Turns around to take one in. We contradict ourselves and hurt the future that our children live. To list the shit I ain't accustomed to. Friendliness and second thought. Things are held in high regard and help my people die in cars. I'm sorry that I live this way. Just hope the truth's known. It's Gubbar's forming the truth. White power salute them. Bogans adopt and fuse with fuse far from home. Provisionary racists turn missionary clones. This country sent my pop to enslavement. Same country sent me away, removing my mother's face from me and my brother's day since. I've been feeling the pain since. Every year it's the same shit. Someone dying and picking a name at one of the pages. You can't wipe away blood. Flood tears remain mud, my peers remain fucked It's clear this ain't luck, no one ever took me under their tutelage I've got a list of fears from how I used to live It's the fulfilling plan on how to kill a man You know the skill is grand, surround the settlements the children ran Kill the fathers and reveal a ban on any village camp Years later got your mother crying trying to shove you right into a divvy van School teacher how to get in line, either fill the line or you can get the stamp that restricts work Cash in hand with no big perks 
no respect for a kid perp because it's automatic what they think first. You don't hear me. You just hate seeing it. You're abbo in a box because I just ain't being it. There's no one nation if the leading woman wants to sort of vibe by the way you're seeing us and now. Your fucking head is in the ground. I ain't here to fuck around. I ain't subject to the crown. I think the fucking time is now. Fuck her and her mother's mother. My mother didn't ever got no fucking sleep rest in this shit. That's why I support black, that's why I wear shit black. All right, let's get into the whole reason that I started this and play that. Rest in peace, Mavis Binge. That's why I fucking mother. Rest in peace to all my cousins. Shout out to all my cousins in corrections right now. They'll be calling me, I, ans I answered one call on the way here. Shout out my pop Richard Campbell, that's the one I'm talking about. Mom, this is my note to you. Every letter is true, I'm left wishing life was simple. Unlike other things that can't be fixed just by being held together with glue. I was better with you. I swear if I had to choose, you or me, you already know exactly what I would do. Take my fucking life just to give it to you. Right after I was thinking about the boys Thinking you wouldn't be the only one they would lose But still I had to stop myself Telling myself that it was selfish and I had nothing to prove What did you? We got the note, it didn't make me feel better There was really nothing on it So when I read it, frankly it just got me fucking confused Boys are getting big, sometimes I wonder what they think did you really love me? Was it me that made you leave? Words from a son to a mother in denial It may be hard to believe These thoughts kinda escape me Today I woke up bright and early Sun is shining great The fact that you ain't here instantly takes my smile away How you supposed to be strong when you wanna die today? You left me here you left us all, when I got told it was tripping because you came and seen us the day before, still the day after I went to school, I wanted everyone to know, I ain't want no sorries, just understanding, the teacher came to announce that I panicked, all I could do was cry, my mother committed suicide, fuck the queen, hey, one time, one time, fuck the queen, hey, two time, two time, fuck the queen, Three time, three time, fuck the queen. I wrote that song at 14 years old. I'm 22 years old now. I'm a proud Gamilla Red Dungari and Goombenga, man. I rep my fucking mob. I rep my brothers. My brothers is out here. Stand up, Jabra, stand up. You see this young one here? 17 years old. 17 years old out here doing his fucking thing with me. Pushing that big ass fucking cart around. Come on, my bread. Like, what the f. Ellen. I love, I love all you. Fuck her and fuck these lads too. And these ones walking behind. Like, thanks for standing there, my bra, but.
Common Social Change Library is an online collection of educational resources for those campaigning for social change. It collects, curates and distributes the key lessons and resources of progressive movements around Australia and across the globe. The library includes over 500 resources covering campaign strategy, community organising, activist history, digital... You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.